the Dio, who was known or, or has come to be known as history's most prolific murderer, or one of history's most prolific murderers, history's most prolific female murderer. I do know this for two reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, no, three reasons. One, just because I kind of heard whispers about this growing up. Yeah. Two, a ghost song that caused yes. me to Google it yes, afterwards. Yes, yes. Um, and three, I did watch a movie about her, Miss Elizabeth Battery or That's Elizabeth the one. Battery. That's the one. Is it the movie yeah. with Anna Friel? No, not that one. It was um, Julie Delpy, and she wrote, directed, and composed the score and acted. Holy in shit. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a it's battery enthusiast. A fucking. Yeah, brother. apparently. Mm. So, yes, I do. That is. I do know who it is. I mean, I don't, let's. I like, know a ton about her, but. Let's give her the Joag treatment. Let's talk about the mm, Countess. Uh, so uh, we're talking late uh, 1560s, uh, died in 1614. Uh, a distinguished family of kings and priests and noblemen and judges uh, growing up. From Hungary, right? Is that Hungarian, correct? yes, indeed. Born yes. in a uh, an area of Hungary, co- uh, Hungary called Nierbator, right? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like it. Witnessed. Lots of suffering growing up. A very cold-hearted, cruel family with very little regard mm. for human life. Uh, peasantry surrounding them and working for them in their care. A lot of a, a lot of stories of, of Countess Bathory have become apocryphal, yes, but the, the, sure, yeah. there's a lot of smoke here, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. One such story uh, in her youth sees of her, her family making her watch them sew a peasant, a peasant who'd been accused of stealing uh they stitched a peasant live into the carcass of a dying horse oh my god fucking right stitched a peasant into the body of a horse while elizabeth looked on and laughed uh the stories become more and more wild from here an uncle who guided her in the ways of satanism Okay. Uh, so far, that's not wilder than stitched into a, a horse. Oh, it's good continue. shit, but it, it gets worse. <laughs> an uncle who guided her in the ways of Satanism. We're talking at a very young age here, 10, 11, 12. Uh, an aunt yeah. who, uh, you know, led her into practices of sadomasochism and rituals. <sighs> Married at 15, okay, to uh, mm-hmm. a soldier in the Hungarian army, a Count Ferenc Naradzi. And this guy, again, the two of them became more and more cruel, fed off one another's cruelty, torturing their staff. He guided her in torture methods so that while he was away at war, she could retain control and uh, and discipline among her staff. Um, he gifted her a clawed glove to use as a disciplinary tool against their peasant serving staff, if you can believe that shit. Just like straight up Freddy status. Exactly this. That is wild. Is this, were they like related well they were married at 15 right well, she was you, married no i mean 15. i just i just ask because like a you know royalty tends to marry marry each other and b that how do you end up with someone who is also just as cruel and indeed bananas as you are well uh bathory was a sickly child okay was given to seizures mm-hmm. was given to you know to to uh kind of an epileptic disorder which a lot of people say was down to her inbred lineage okay uh, yep, yep, so inbreeding was absolutely rife now um rumors surrounding 
their home would begin to circulate because of the huge numbers of dead servants that would be witnessed being carried out of their property. Um, mm -hmm. Elizabeth would claim this was due to cholera, but, you know, night after night after night, they were to be witnessed carrying dead peasant corpses, dead peasant corpses out of their home. Um, there are tales of the two just growing more and more sadistic over the years. Tales of them covering victims in honey and leaving them to insects and ants. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tales of them committing mass murder in specially constructed tunnels underneath their home. Oh, God. Uh, but things went up a gear with Elizabeth when her, uh, the, the, the Count died, okay? He died after a wound went septic. Uh, a wound, incidentally, which he reportedly received uh, in an argument with a sex worker who he refused to pay. Um, uh, yeah, well, indeed. <laughs> Good for that sex worker. Well, yeah, you might say. So after that, um, yeah, things really, like I say, went up a gear. Uh, the Countess moved to a castle, uh, Chachtitze. Uh, in, uh, in in Hungary, now Slovakia. And Bathory surrounded herself with an inner circle of people who helped her indulge her obsessions with torture, with sadomasochistic practices. She became obsessed with the idea of eternal youthfulness, okay? Eternal, uh, you know, remaining young at all times. Again, legend has it that one time she struck one of her servants... Uh, for brushing her hair incorrectly, just in a fit of rage, belted her across the face and got blood on her hand and noticed that the spot of blood on her hand led the, lent the skin a kind of a more youthful appearance. Oh, no. And this is where, uh, from there, it's just full tilt. Stories of young women and children from surrounding villages disappearing regularly. Um Runaways would be led to the castle with promises of work, with promises of lodgings. And Bathory, it, it, it is said, would carry out torture herself. Girls would have Jesus. their mouths sewn shut. Uh, oh, they were, yes, yes, yes. Girls were made to eat human flesh, sometimes their own human flesh. Oh. Burned, uh, genital mutilation, beaten to death. Uh, it, it's, it's during this period that those legends of her bathing in blood were said yeah. to have taken place. I mean... Uh, there's uh, surrounding this is a uh, uh, political skullduggery as well um, right which it, the movie did allude to there yeah. you go there you go so you know it, it isn't certain how much of these stories you know are, are apocryphal or how mm -hmm. much were you know rival kind of royal families and law uh, you know priests and whatnot just kind of adding to the legend to bring her down <laughs> right but this shit is what really fucking tops this off for me she set up a school right uh, no, an no. etiquette school for noble <laughs> girls in 1609 and this was to be her undoing kill a couple of hundred peasants right like no one bats an eyelid nobody is gonna care but when you start using the pupils from your etiquette school as a pool for fresh victims that's when people start to take notice uh you know yeah, it's like uh it's like hh H. holmes you know where it was like he was deliberately mm -hmm. in his murder hotel taking in these yes. women who nobody would miss these yep. like very anonymous girls coming to chicago to work the world's fair and yep. his downfall was when he picked you know someone who someone missed mm -hmm. yep. uh, exactly yeah, this that's not, <laughs> exactly not a good this. idea the families of the noble women uh, appealed to the king at the time, King Matthias of Hungary, who investigated her. And the again, possibly apocryphal, maybe not, but the stories say 
that uh, a count who was instructed to investigate her, Count Thurzo, came to arrest her in her castle in the middle of uh, 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 a, a torture session of hers, surrounded by bodies, mid-session, Ooh. you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, indeed. Arrested, imprisoned for life, um, kept in solitary confinement for life, uh, testimonies extracted from her staff, often uh, under duress, often under horrific torture, meaning, you know, the the, the truth is all but lost. At her yeah. trial, 80 victims were named, but Bathory herself claims the number was in the 600s. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, 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 no. If we're <laughs> going to do this, we're going to do this right. Yeah, I yeah, did yeah, a yeah. lot more than that. Yep. <laughs> um, Give me credit where credit's due. Yes, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And you know, a, a name that lives in infamy. I mean, when you've got awesome bands like Venom and Ghost to this day writing songs about you, movies made about yeah. you. Um, yeah, history remembers an artist, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way of putting it. Mm-hmm. The castle is still there, by the way. Uh, castle Chachtitze is still there um, as a ruin, but you can find it know. if you if you Google it. The, the tunnels underneath the castle still there. The chambers underneath the castle Red. where these mass murders and these tortures are said to have taken place still there today. Oh man, the vibes there have got to be real bad. Such vibes. Ooh. <laughs> bad vibes, dude. Um, <laughs> do they do like tours or, and stuff like that there? Uh, there are, you know, ghost hunters. Uh, ghost yeah. hunting videos on YouTube. I bet it's popular with goths. I'm going to say this. It's a goth yeah, hangout. Sure. <laughs> I would imagine so, yeah. <laughs> fascinating i mean i'm not gonna lie i'd go oh i yeah absolutely i would go yes i would go and i would wear kind of corpse paint i would totally go and goth it up you're such a nerd i know (laughs) i have a a deep affinity for goths i really do yeah i i think it's good luck if you see a goth it's good luck if you see a goth yes okay i'm willing to accept that (laughs) Now I'm just going to have to seek out more goths. As of now, see a goth. Uh, if you see two goths, that's bad luck. But just a soul, if a goth crosses your path, you get good Ooh. luck for the rest of the day. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. It's episode 30. Oh, I love a round number. That is nice. That is nice. Oh, and we did that, we did that, um, we did that two-parter, didn't we? So this is the 31st. You know, Mark, you don't have to keep on pointing that out every time I say what episode number it is. I, it, a round number it is. 30 it is. Thank you. It is a nice round 30. 30 it is. Uh, and I'm very, I'm very pleased by that. So don't listen to Mark's caveats. It's, our, it's episode 30 of Joe Ag, and we are happy to be with you once again Delighted. on this very nice spooky day here in my neighborhood. Mm. Uh, like, well, I mean, it looked as though it was Halloween in March over there from what you showed me. Yeah, yeah, it's foggy, like super, super misty outside, and the, mm. the trees are full of birds and squirrels that are making weird, creepy noises, and it just, Beautiful. it feels real nice. So it's a perfect Joag day. What day isn't? That's a really good point. So it's always know, a good time for Joag. 
Always. <laughs> um, we have reached the end of our t-shirt contest, Mark. No, this I've been looking forward to. Um, I'm yeah. very, very eager to see who's won. I'm very, very eager yeah. to see what the fuck we're going to send them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be a grand old time, but I have put everybody's names into a random name picker, and I just have to hit start. Uh, what do you want? Do you want a and... drum roll? What do you want? Sure, give me a drum roll. Uh, I've got one. You don't, you don't have no, a drum no, roll. No, you can want all you want. That don't happen. <laughs> okay, I will. I will. I'll give you a thigh roll. Okay, here we go. There you're going to hit the button? I'm hitting the button. And our winner is Laura Latour. Yes, Laura Latour. Woo! Excellent. Yeah, work. I feel like maybe I'll like put music behind it or something. But yeah, know definitely, that I'm definitely. dancing right now in celebration. For the promotion, for the allyship, for the yes. championing of Jack of All Graves, Laura Latour, you are our winner. Yes. And you will be receiving a handmade shirt. And uh, perhaps some other treasures. Well, definitely some other treasures yeah. uh, from me and Mark soon. Uh, well, it'll take a little while. We've got you know <laughs> international things soon that have to happen. Asterisk. Here. <laughs> Asterisk soon. But I will. <laughs> I will make sure Mark does it <laughs> and, and soon enough. Uh, given international travel and whatnot, I'm just wildly uh, looking around this room to see what I've us. got kicking around. Yeah, what you can shove in the uh, in the envelope. Yeah, 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 yeah. You feel good about it? Absolutely. Laura, phew, mate, I don't know what you're going to get, but you're going to love it. Yeah, it's. I I hope so, anyway. Mm. Um, it, it's going to be like, did you, did you ever see that people used to, I mean, maybe you still can, but you write to Chuck Palahniuk and he would just send random care packages to them. Oh, really? Just like bonkers stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That is fantastic. <laughs> just, I think we should do something yeah. similar. Definitely. Yeah, so you'll just get whatever grab bag of things mm. uh, and, you know, hopefully you'll enjoy it. So thank you so much. And thank you to everyone else who also yeah. told friends about yeah. Joe Ag yeah. and uh, will, you know, we'll probably do something like this again in the future because it was it's very fun, actually. It is. It is. And very heartening seeing people actually yeah. going out of their way to promote us and to yeah. mention us to their friends and to speak about us and to recommend us. Uh, yeah, I, I with 30 episodes in. Around thirty, that's that's the number, and and I'm yet, I'm yet to to fully get my head around the fact that people actually you know listen and enjoy us on a weekly basis, and it it, it really does move me. Yeah, absolutely. So as always, we're just really glad you're here mm. listening to us, and you know, as always, we love interacting. Um, and hey, we've got uh, merch in the works. We do um, coming up. Uh, Including the amazing um, <laughs> uh, the Goblin, Goblin Sharks, Sharks shirt, <laughs> Goblin Sharks shirt uh, that we're working on uh, with Richard, who designed it. So mm -hmm. yeah, which I would will... wear regardless. Apropos of nothing else, I would wear that yeah. shirt even if it had nothing to you know to do with anything. It's just a fucking solid design, Rich. So good work, buddy. Yeah, it's incredible. And, mm. you know, I think I don't remember if I mentioned it or not last week, but as soon as my husband even saw it, he came upstairs with his <laughs> phone and, sh and was like, how do I get this shirt? <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, uh, it, this not usually he has not been champing at the bit for Joag merch, but that got him. Mm. So 
Yeah. <laughs> um, um, if, well, go ahead. If and when we do when we do get these printed up, I'm, I would love to get my kids in one of those. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Yeah. I want nothing more than to see a picture of your children. Yeah. In the in the Joe Ag merch. It's happening. Now you're just like scanning your entire living room trying <laughs> to figure really out what am. you can put. In. Uh, <laughs> if you could see Mark right now, he's just he's not looking at me. He's just looking around the room like, what am I going to send to Laura? Yeah. So, cool. yeah, it, it'll be great. Um, <clears throat> we also have once again our watch along coming up on April seventeenth. So make mm. sure that you mark your calendar for that. Uh, Mark is going to put up a poll. We've had yeah. some suggestions for. What is it? Hate Watch. It's the Hate Watch. Uh, it's the Hate Watch. Yeah, Those hate movies watch. that have no practical value that nobody yeah. enjoys, but the, the you just you just you dislike them to a degree where they're somehow fucking fun, you know? Yeah, there's some charm in it. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. That's how zone. bad it is. Mm. Yeah. So yes, poll coming uh, in the in the in the next couple of days. You know the score. Uh, it'll be a kind of a tin pot process where I'll rig the fucking result, <laughs> and you can vote or not. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the idea is you He'll show try. up on April the 17th and we have as much fun as we did last time because, uh, like I said, um, uh, a week or two ago, that really was one of the defining moments of the pandemic for me. The last watch along, the last Joe I watch along was fun as fuck. And I see no reason why the next one shouldn't be as much so. 100% agreed. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for that poll. If you're not already in our Facebook group, make sure you search Jack of All Graves on the Facebook mm-hmm. and join it and have your say mm-hmm. in in that process we are still attempting to sort of break our our bad movie streak our accidental bad movie watching streak we 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 almost got there this week we came close we came close close with uh 10 minutes to midnight yes uh but fucking hell it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the same way as last week's Lucky was the clumsiest, most fucking lead-footed message movie I've ever seen. Uh, Ten Minutes to Midnight fell at that very same hurdle. Um, but the good stuff in Ten Minutes to Midnight just about balanced it out. I thought it earned it. So Ten Minutes to Midnight starring Caroline Williams uh, as Caroline Williams from Texas Chainsaw 2. The wonderful Caroline Williams as a uh, a kind of provincial radio DJ uh, on a midnight slot who on the way into work one night is bitten by a vampire, bat, uh, and shenanigans unfold for the remainder of that evening. Yeah. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what it has in common with Lucky is that both of those films ground to a fucking halt to deliver their respective messages the the yeah. message the quote unquote capital m message in 10 minutes to midnight is the experience of aging in a female career in media about how you know you're the darling of of the industry and you're in the the flower of your youth but then you know you're taken advantage of and and kind of sexually exploited and your career comes to an end and nobody wants you when you're old that's the message, right? right? Yeah. Um, Which it was conveying fine it was doing without a great job. even having to, yeah. you know, stop yeah. and hit us over the head with it. Which it did. I mean, yeah. a moment, maybe two thirds of the way in, when the film just stops. And, you know, the it may as well have just cut to the author. It may as well have just cut to the writer <laughs> talking into the camera. Okay, so, uh, you know, you should pe- treat 
treat people the same when they're older. Okay, thanks. Yeah, and it's that's it essentially was a long, what happened. Long scene, yeah. uh, just completely takes you out of it. Um, but then, mm. once that scene is over, things yeah. get absolutely batshit. Yeah. Yeah, in a way do. that I really enjoyed. That yeah. I was like, just sitting there, like, what, <laughs> what has happened? There's like a weird reset of characters, yep. and all this stuff happening that you know. We also, go almost like, back to okay. the beginning of the movie with uh, yeah. actors from earlier in the film playing different characters than they were earlier. Uh, in one case, there's a gender swap where one of the guys from earlier in the film just dons a dress and plays a woman, and there's no fucking acknowledgement given to it at all. That last twenty minutes evoked um requiem for a dream for me mm-hmm. uh and fuck it you know what i mean go for it it, it was like yeah. a like a, a, an aldi requiem for a dream or a walmart requiem for a dream <laughs> but goddamn, yeah. it committed to it uh and yeah. for that alone and for seeing caroline williams in a native environment again uh i have to give 10 minutes to midnight a pass um yes although you know subtle it was not oh yeah. and it, and that- it uh saw some things on that screen that I'd not seen in a film before. That is true as well. So definitely, yeah. I mean, I think ultimately the good outweighs the bad in that, in terms of enjoyability with it. Yes. That you have this part that's a slog to get through, but ultimately for most of that movie, I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm pretty in. Um, so it wasn't as as miserable an experience as, as Lucky no. No, no, was. No, no, no. Yeah, and, I, and, and some images that will... Ooh. That will stay with you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I did watch a few other things that uh, came up in our uh, Facebook group as okay. well, namely um, Resolution and The Endless, which are made by the same guys who made Synchronic. Okay. Uh, which, if you recall, I liked a little bit more than you did. Yes. Um, and I think so. Resolution is kind of, it came first, it was from 2012. Uh, it's a story of this guy who goes to run an intervention on his friend who is on drugs and, you know, just basically killing himself with drugs and alcohol and whatnot. And he's in a cabin with his gun causing mayhem. And this guy uh, basically handcuffs him to the radiator or whatever. And is like, Hey, we're going to figure out how to get you sober, get you to rehab. But Mm -hmm. then all of this stuff unfolds with like local crime and things like that. uh, And they find themselves involved in all of these things they don't mean to be a part of by okay. accident and then it takes like a sci-fi turn mm. uh that gets really interesting um and so this movie i think it's a good setup for the movie that comes later on which is the endless which is really great about these two guys who go and they go back to the cult that they were raised in for this like and it's like an alien death cult essentially nice nice, who, nice yeah nice. and so they they go back to this cult because they find out like oh these people they're still alive great yeah. like and they want to get some closure for this place that from this place that they left uh and when they go back all the people it's been like 15 years or something like that they go back and all the people are exactly the same age as they were uh when they left and there's like again all this sort of weird supernaturally sci-fi stuff going on that they don't totally understand Mm. and it ends up actually directly connecting to resolution uh in a very very interesting way oh that's Um, nice and i thought yeah it's mind bending in a very cool like resolution i thought was like it, it was fine but when you put it together with the endless it 
works really, really well Wonderful. together. Resolution, uh, it, from really what you've described it. there, what, something that I, I love a genre swerve. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Movies where you think you're watching one particular movie, but then, ah, ah, nope, it takes a fucking right. left turn and you're in a completely different place. I love that. Yeah, which is 100% what this is. You're like, okay, what makes this a horror movie is mm. that they've got these guys who are coming after them, trying to kill them, all this mm. kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, no, there is something much bigger going on than yeah. Yeah. that problem. So uh, I will absolutely watch that. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun watching those two movies. So, thank you to the Facebook group for mm. um, for bringing those into my life this particular yeah. week. And finally, I mean, as a palate cleanser, as a way of just yes. desperately trying to free us from the shackles of fucking message horror, uh, <laughs> I went to the shelf and pulled down Texas Two. I guess seeing Carolyn Williams in my head subliminally guided me to that title, and it yeah. could not have been a, a better oh, move. So I was fucking swimming in that film it is such a piece of work yeah absolutely i had mm. so much fun watching that it was fun to you know it's fun to watch with someone as yes. well i mean this yes. is i think this is peak middle column fair right here oh, where it's just absolutely a fun time it's yep. silly i think what i said to you was that this is my favorite kind of thing where something is absurd yes. and silly and taken very seriously completely <laughs> and you're so right the one of the things that really puts it over the top is that everybody fucking sells it you know mm -hmm. the most ridiculous things are happening you know you've got a cannibal family living in an underground fucking murder theme park uh and it it, it, it everyone just commits to it 100 yeah. percent. there's no winking no ironic detachment there's no kind of uh, no and, and most importantly no fucking message and if there is i'm prepared to willfully ignore it um <laughs> what did occur to me and I, I remember clearly saying this to you at the time dennis hopper again oh my god just acting from another realm entirely but it, it occurred to me that dennis hopper in texas 2 was doing nick cage mm, before yes. nick cage started doing nick cage his character in that movie is you, look if you've not seen it in a while if you've not seen it at all do seek out texas 2 um yeah for a, a Dennis Hopper performance, which is the blueprint of what you see Nick Cage doing in Mandy, what you yeah. see Nick Cage doing in Wally's fucking Wonderland, is that what it's called? I think in so. In Mom and Dad, everything. Yeah. And look, I've, I've spoken at length before on my massive soft spot for Nick Cage and how yeah. he's bedded into our genre. Uh, but watch Dennis Hopper yeah. for an OG take on what he's doing these days. Absolutely. I think that's totally spot on. Once you pointed it out, I couldn't unsee that. And, mm -hmm. and I, I love Dennis Hopper, I think. Oh, same. They both, they're coming from, th their approach to acting is really to throw yes. everything at it, you know? And <laughs> and again, very serious while being very over the top uh, yeah. in such a way that you believe them no yes. matter how absurd and unhinged they are. Where you're like, yeah, no, that's a character that exists. Mm. That's a real guy. Oh, so. <laughs> in, in related news, did you see what befell Tom Savini this week? No. Mm, do check out his Instagram. Tom Savini, and the segue here is that he, of course, did all the prosthetics and, and fantastic gore in Texas yeah. too. Uh, genre legend, director, uh, uh, stunt coordinator, actor, and special effect wizard Tom Savini was involved in a really nasty fucking auto accident this week. Oh, no. Uh, yes, while on his motorbike... Um, 
properly collided with another vehicle and is quite badly banged oh, up. Um, yeah, so motorcycle accidents are terrible. Yes, 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 they are, and this one. Uh, it, uh, it, you know, follows suit. So massive, massive best wishes to Tom Savini and get well soon because yeah. you're Gosh. one of the fucking absolute pillars of the genre, mate. Yeah, total legend. Mm-hmm. Absolute legend. Great bunch of lads, uh, in fact. Great bunch of lads. <laughs> so, hey, if you're in a slump like we mm. were, and we're hoping that that little palate cleanser is going to be the thing that like really punches us back into it. Breaks the curse. Watch some Texas too. I honestly, mm-hmm. the thing that I always say about both of the the first two movies, which are the only two aside from the remake I've seen, is that I think just you know there's a reputation behind them that makes them seem like they are the like slasheriest, yeah, tortured, sure, sure, corny. Sure. You know, yeah. like, and, yeah. and that's not what these are at nope. all. It's supremely watchable if you can, you know, enough. You can put your hands over your eyes for a couple seconds and you're mm. going to be fine, you know, as you're watching these movies. And they're just, I mean, worthwhile. Well, you said yourself fun. halfway through, you didn't realize how quippy the screenplay yeah. for Texas 2 is. It is such exactly. a quotable film, full of zingers, yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely. So mm. it's just fun. I highly recommend, you yeah. know, busting that out again if you've seen it before or, or for the first time. Mm. Give it a go and you're probably going to enjoy it. Yep. Yep. Guaranteed guaranteed well should we talk about our our main topic which yeah yeah, i received a a text uh from you earlier today in which you said you're about to put america on trial so i am um very interested to see where this goes so the the great thing the only great thing about this topic is that even if you miss a chance to talk about this topic, you don't have to wait long for it to become relevant again. Yeah. Uh, there aren't many months that go by, I think it's fair to say, Corrigan, without some atrocious act of fucking gun violence in the United mm-hmm. States of America. Would that be fair? Yeah, especially, I mean, even phrasing it that way um, is an interesting one because on the one hand, this past two weeks in which there have been two huge mass shootings um, has been talked about as like, these are the first mass shootings since lockdown, essentially, Mm -hmm. since last March. But that's also a matter of scale. It's not (laughs) the only mass shootings. There have been like family annihilators who have killed four of their family members or things like this. And what we're really talking about is these big public stranger murder kinds of things that happen. When we even look on a smaller scale than that, you know, there's been a lot. Yeah, like you said, a lot of gun violence. Not much time passes between incidents like this. So to start off by kind of drawing lines of engagement here, okay? Mm -hmm. I speak... As uh, as an observer, right. I look at this situation through, I guess the 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 naive eyes of a, a, a European. I've never fucking held a gun. I've never yeah. seen a gun. Uh, and it's wild. <laughs> so let's let's put it okay. So to 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 kind of set out my stall here. I'm going to just talk you through 
two, the only two, mass firearm-related incidents that I remember happening in the UK. All right? Yeah. So, in 1987, uh, in a town called Hungerford here in the UK, a guy by the name of Michael Ryan killed 16 people. Uh, August, this was August 1987, killed 16 people, including his own mother, uh, around several locations around the town. Uh, he started off at a, a kind of a, a woodland area outside the, the, the town. He carried on there to a petrol station and then through the town centre himself. Uh, and almost immediately after that event, in 1988, the Firearms Amendment Act was passed in the UK, which banned semi-automatic rifles and some shotguns right and most i was gonna say i was gonna ask i was like this is a very american question but what what did he use what what?" oh uh yeah 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 yeah. um well he was he was licensed for a lot of guns um he had a licensed possession two shotguns three pistols and two rifles Mm -hmm. um but immediately after that you know months after that the year after that the majority of the weapons he used wrote lord so Mm -hmm. The second is uh, we go to March 1996 uh, in a town in Scotland called Dunblane where a guy called Thomas Hamilton um, walked into a primary school with four handguns and killed 16 kids aged five and six. Uh, That immediately led to two new firearms acts in the UK outlawing private ownership of most handguns. (laughs) Imagine that. All right. Are you seeing where I'm going? Yeah. Um, Port Arthur in Australia in 1996. A massacre with 35 dead. Literally 12 days after that massacre, uh, Australia introduced uh, the something called the uh, National Firearms Agreement, which outlawed most uh, semi-automatic and fully automatic weapons, and even... Even in, even uh, in, included a, a gun buyback scheme. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, <clears throat> explain like I'm five. <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah. Well, there's two things that I would sort of put as your main... Wa- oh, go ahead. Actually, before... Before you do that. Okay. Can we go into your stance? So let's move away from the politics and let's move away from the lobbies. On a personal note, what's your position on firearms ownership and its place in your society? Yeah, I think... I mean, it's it's connected sort of to it has to be connected to the political element of this. So I'm going to intertwine that question with your other question. Mm -hmm. So the first thing, you know, in terms of why we have this problem Mm. is our Constitution, which is often extremely difficult to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have the Second Amendment, which includes the, the right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. Naturally, of course, at the time that the Constitution was written, they could not have possibly imagined the kinds of things that people would have access to on a personal yes. level. Right? Which is, they which weren't is, thinking about AR-15s when yeah, they I, created yeah, yeah. And, the Second look, Amendment. 
you're not going to get any brand new fucking takes on this from me, right? The stuff right. that my thoughts on this are the same thoughts as you doubtless hear a million times before. Uh, yeah. 1791. Right. Is when the ink was fucking, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the Second Amendment was, was inked. And yes. I, had, <laughs> I had a look at a gun timeline, right? A timeline of weaponry. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, your 17th century weapons, single shot, muskets. <laughs> yeah. It's like a lot of work to fire one of those. They're Most inaccurate. They don't go very far. A single They're... shot that maybe would reach 40, 50 feet in front of you. Right. And oftentimes, you know, yes, they could kill you. But, you know, sepsis or something like that was just well, as yeah, 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 to yeah, kill yeah, you yeah, when you yeah. got shot by something like that at the time yes. as well. So, yeah, I mean, that is out the gate. You know, there's a a large swath of politi- politicians um, and lobbying groups in America who try to adhere to constitutional originalism and say, you know, we shouldn't change or interpret things any differently than exactly how they are written. And therefore, the right to bear arms is an uninfringible right uh, that everyone has. um, And, you know, you shouldn't try to put any form of limitations on that, which is an absurd concept, but one that lobbyists have been very good at, at getting across, specifically the NRA, the National Rifle Association, which is the other end of this of why this never changes is this group called the nra to circle back to just sort of beginning to look at my thoughts on this Mm. i um i would have i have been sort of anti-gun ban all guns you know before uh and thought you know that is like just get rid of them why do we need to have this here um however Mm. It is more complicated than that because when it comes to restrictions on guns, much like restrictions on anything else, such as drugs or, you know, other stuff that is illegal, you, in a white supremacist society, in a wildly conservative society, the people who are punished and who get things removed from them Mm. are largely marginalized people who then have no power to defend themselves uh, against any form of violence that can be perpetrated against them. Mm. And leaves, like, unless we ban things, and the this also includes police and whatnot, the only people who then are armed in our culture are a white supremacist police mm. force okay. that disproportionately exerts violence upon people of color and marginalized communities and things like that. So when you talk about uh, restricting uh, guns and things like that, and not even restricting, I mean ban, like a blanket ban, yeah. uh, you're really talking about uh, taking the means by which people um, are able to defend themselves out of the hands of the marginalized and leaving them in the hands of people who perpetrate violence against them. So is... Do you do you remember the the shooting at the Bataclan venue mm-hmm. in in France some years back? Yeah. Uh, the band that were playing at the time, Eagles of Death Metal. The lead singer of that band, sometime after that fucking massacre, 
a, a, a particular quote that he said stuck in my head like a shard of wire, right? Mm. Uh, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little, but what he said was, until no one has guns, everyone needs a gun. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I would put it quite like that, but yes, essentially, that the when you talk about disarming people, you have to understand that in our society, that doesn't really mean disarming people. It means disarming a certain population of people, just like, uh, you know, in California, when the Black Panthers started arming themselves mm. and saying, you know what, if people are going to come at us with guns, we're going to arm ourselves. Uh, that was when some legislation was finally passed. It's fine when white people go and, and charge and attack places, you know, full of people of color mm. and nothing changes. But the moment it's people of color saying, hey, what if we protect ourselves from this? That's when you start seeing bans and they're disproportionately, um, you know, disproportionately, what's the word I'm looking for? Enforced, yeah. disproportionately enforced on people. So if we disarm everyone, Great. I'm 100% for that. So it you feels know. like there are two separate things going on here already. You've got the constitutional, the dogmatic kind of right. adhesion to this. Fuck. Well, it's in the constitution. Yeah, even so though yeah, everyone AR gets whatever gun mate. they want. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then in the middle, you've got this impasse, this kind of stalemate, this social kind of fucking logjam, whereby <coughs> you can't <coughs> taper off gun ownership you can't ban gun ownership because every fucker already has right yeah <laughs> like that's kind of the the issue it's kind of like also you know and i i it's such a difficult thing to discuss because i never want to be one of those people who sounds like the like you know oh you can't make guns illegal because that'll just make criminals blah 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 blah, blah. like mm. that's not what i mean and that's often you know uh, kind of how like the guns don't kill people people kill people whatever yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know the guns are a problem um and even like what the main reason that guns are a problem is suicide here people mm. kill themselves more than they kill other people um with guns so mm. you know there's a huge issue here as well so i don't want to like say i am like to say I'm pro gun or like that I think everybody should have a gun or I, I don't have a gun. Mm. I have shot guns. I I have shot <laughs> guns, not <laughs> I have shot guns. In fact, that was <laughs> as as I'm certain you recall one of the first things I asked you ever. Yeah. Was yeah. Uh, do you have a gun? <laughs> <laughs> and it was such a a funny funny question to to hear because i think you know most people like in america people would assume that i wouldn't have one they're like oh yeah. you know she's she's on the left so she wouldn't have a gun yeah. you know yeah, it yeah, wouldn't yeah, even yeah. cause them to pause but it's interesting to hear that from an outside perspective like i don't know who, who has guns in america and the answer is pretty much everyone you know mm. on a uh in terms of political views and things like that it is not just the far right who has guns um and there are so many of them everywhere that that is where it becomes extremely complicated to say, like, let's let's restrict these outright. I think we absolutely need to get rid of, like, AR-15s and things like that. There's not used for anything. If we need it, people are like, but it's my sport. Like, okay, then have gun ranges where you can go and shoot that. And then you mm -hmm. put it back on a shelf and they lock it up. 
at the end of it. You don't have to have one in your home. Yeah. Um, I think domestic abusers should absolutely not be able to have guns. Like, that kind of by, stuff. By, by means of contrast to, yeah. you know, the, the single-shot flintlock right. pistols of the Second Amendment yeah. era. I would quote from an article about, about the AR-15. Uh, the AR-15 assault rifle was engineered to create what one of its designers called maximum wound effect. Mm -hmm. uh, designed, designed specifically to fuck up a human. Right. With the maximum efficiency. Um, tiny needle... Oh, that, that bit about fucking up a human was not a quote. That was just... That was me. <laughs> um, no, that wasn't in the article? No. <laughs> it would have been in my article. Um, <laughs> the payload of kinetic energy uh, rips open a cavity inside the flesh, which collapses back in on itself, destroying inelastic tissue. Uh, it's a perfect killing machine, says Dr. Peter Rhee, a leading trauma surgeon. Uh, designed with the yeah, full weight of engineering and science to fucking shred people. And, and people try to say, you know, oh, well, people use it for hunting, but you don't want... You don't want a gun to do that when you hunt. No. You don't want it to destroy the thing that you're hunting. You know, mm. if you're going to eat it or you're going to mount it or whatever the case may be with it's whatever you point. hunted. It's a great point. There's no reason for you to need to do that much damage mm. to something. And if you see, you know, videos like there was the one from this past week at the um, at the grocery store in Colorado. Uh, I mean, people don't stand a chance. It's like a few months ago, remember, we watched that video of the, the like dispute that was with handguns or whatever. And then the guy came out with a shotgun. But, mm. you know, you saw these people kind of like they were alive. They were yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, trying. Yeah. They could have yeah, potentially of survived we've, we've, this if he hadn't come back with a shotgun. And, and shooting videos where them. we've seen where it is always alarming how many single bullets somebody can take right. and remain mobile and get the fuck away. However, if you see the aftermath of an AR-15 shooting, that's, you don't stand a chance. That's, it's piles of bodies everywhere done and extremely rapidly. So, this, so I guess that brings me to the third pillar. If you've got the Second Amendment dogmatic kind of clinging to the Second Amendment, and then you've got the saturation of guns already, why then... And please do explain like I'm five, because I don't know. All I know is that the NRA have some kind of fucking hold, some yeah. immutable presence in the, in the conversation. <laughs> they, it's just a gun club, surely. Why the fuck are they so powerful? Yeah, an extremely powerful gun club that uh, figured out, you know, probably in the 80s that uh, they could influence the, they could influence politics that, by paying money to politicians, they could influence what kind of rules and regulations existed about guns. And for a lot of people, I mean, the real radicalism of the NRA has not always been its history. And a lot of people were part of the NRA who didn't necessarily subscribe to uh, the extreme, no regulations, everyone should be able to have any gun they want, you mm. know, all of that kind of stuff. And in fact, like regulation of guns is extremely popular in America. It's something right. like 80% of Americans believe that we need stricter regulations on guns. And this tiny organization is overruling 80% of the population because of money, strictly because of money and being, you know, so they 
pay off the politicians, but also they have so much influence they can hire like when you the say best pay representation. Off, we mean donate yeah, pay to off fund like campaigns. Yeah, donate. Right. Okay, they okay, donate okay, okay. to campaigns. They, you know, they're very much involved in sort of making deals, political deals that are advantageous to them. Um, and so even in the case of this one in Colorado, um, there had been a blanket ban on the AR-15 until 10 days before this shooting when the the NRA had successfully sued the state of Colorado to overturn that. So they had managed to, you know, because they can afford the best representation. Oh, well, say that again, say that again, this. say that again. So that sounds... there had been a blanket ban in, in Colorado yeah, yeah, of yeah. the AR-15 and similar assault rifles. Yeah. Till 10 days before this shooting happened, at which point the a lawsuit that had been filed by the NRA to have this overturned mm. was successful. And this guy went out and bought an AR-15 four days later. Just like that. And then Which, shot up the store. I had no idea of this. And unless I'm hearing that wrong, does that directly implicate the NRA in the fucking... Directly. 100% directly implicates the NRA in the deaths of all of those people because it would not have happened had they not fought and managed to successfully overturn My that God. law. Right? Yeah. It's incredible that they have that kind of power. You know, it's it it's so dangerous um, for a small private group like this to be able to, again, completely contradict the will of the people you know that's the people of colorado didn't want that the nra wanted that for a country that's so vocal about freedom and so Mm -hmm. vocal about you know we the people how then with a fucking straight face and um, maybe i'm being uh, I'm sure these questions are naive, right? To 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 for a non-American to just you know hear about this stuff for the first time, to really get into this topic for the first time. I I so Corey, if you would be kind enough to speak for the entirety of your nation, <laughs> sure, yeah. What's it gonna take then? If you were if you were to kind of uh, project into the future, if you were to kind of think practically, pragmatically coming from the notion that obviously this situation cannot continue how does it change what would need to happen to start that change to tell you the truth it's ever since sandy hook uh felt pretty impossible if you can have it was like 26 small children ages like six and seven murdered uh and the country not be able to make one single inch of movement um, on gun control. It that's the moment when you realize like we are kind of beyond help here. So is is that, same, is that it then? Is that it? No, is it just at the same that onion time, article again and again. Right. I mean, kind of, but at the same time, the NRA's power is decreasing. Um, they, I think, they filed for bankruptcy last year. All good. Um, yeah, that they people aren't supporting them as much. Um, you know, people are leaving the organization their membership is dwindling and they depend on membership dues along with everything else that they um 
do to support themselves. Uh, they they had a TV channel that uh, went under. They, um, you know, ultimately their power is dwindling, which is a good thing. I think that is one step because a lot of the, the issue is on that political level. It's that mm. you have an extremely powerful gun lobby mm. um, that is stoking the fires of people's fear um, and that is able to pour a ton of money into making sure that uh, regulations are never put into place and that when they are, there are legal challenges to those regulations that make them impossible to actually implement. So as the NRA dwindles in its power, which I don't know is an immediate thing, but maybe over time, I think that that's one of the huge ways. If we can weaken the gun lobby mm. in America, then we can start to, you know, make these first common sense regulations uh, of guns. Because right now, like I said, it's an extremely popular idea here. Mm. Um, it's just that our people don't have a lot of power. And I think, mm. you know, you saying like, how does this jibe with America and our freedom mindedness? That's a constant paradox of freedom here. Huge. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. the people who tend to be the loudest about wanting their freedom are also the same people who tend to think that that freedom only really applies to the small minority who want Mm. total sort of individual sovereignty to do the things that they want, you know, that they want to own all of the guns and they want to, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it is them who their freedom is like the, you know, at the heart of everything. They don't want freedom for everybody, you know, I, they're, they're going to be the same people who also, you know, say you can't get an abortion or things like that. Yeah, they don't yeah, want yeah, freedom yeah, yeah. for everyone. It's a very a specific on, thing. Uh, I saw a, a photo on Reddit a couple of days ago of uh, just a, a guy who clearly t just sneaked out his phone and took a photo of somebody at the front of the queue at Subway mm -hmm. buying a fucking sandwich, right? Um, with a gun holstered on each hip, uh, two more guns holstered on his thigh, and with just like loads of mags in a, a fucking ammo pouch on his back out buying mm -hmm. a fucking sandwich. Yeah. A and if you feel scared by that, then that's a you problem to people mm -hmm. like that, right? Like, you know, you should feel very safe with me here packing all of this as we have these mass shootings all of the time. And anyone who, you know, would dare to think maybe there's something dangerous about someone being able to walk into a subway strap in like that, uh, you know, that, like, that's some sort of libtard whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, trying to infringe upon someone's Second Amendment rights. And we have such a, it's, it really is, it's kind of this impasse where it's like, yeah, most of us know that that's crazy. It's just how do we fix it when what we think about it doesn't matter because there is someone who has the money to pay the yeah. politicians to not yeah. regulate. And that's why this has been so enlightening, right? Because what I, what I see is misery mm -hmm. and, you know, horrific bloodshed and fucking wailing and the, you know, every fucking victim is 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 another atrocity another story another family and fuck all happens yeah and it, it affects all. our day-to-day -day lives i mean i've said to you before that like you know when i go to a movie theater and like someone is talking yeah. or whatever through the movie yeah uh, 
my I want to be <laughs> that yeah, person yeah, yeah. who's like, hey, shut up. But I also am like, people shoot people in movie theaters all the time. So I'm not going to say anything, you know, and you go out and you're so I remember after Columbine, which was like the first time this really things have escalated a lot since Columbine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was like really a huge, huge deal. One of the first big mass shootings like that. Um and I say that knowing I went to sc- multiple schools that had mass mm. shootings at them. Um, but I remember once uh, shortly after it that someone pulled the fire alarm, as kids tend to do, because, you know, they're stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you're supposed to go outside and line up on the pavement and everything and um, and all that. And I just remember me and my friend Graham standing in our, like, pod, the, like, center of the... Um, classrooms and being like should we go outside because we've heard rumors that like people will pull fire alarms and then like kill everyone who goes out and stands outside so it like affects the way you move through the world and like i said like you know i went to ucsb when elliot roger killed all of those people in isla vista you know and i thankfully was not there i was in texas visiting my best friend and keo texted me and he was walking was the dog he the and he guy was like, who recorded the video beforehand yeah he had the whole manifesto he was yeah, the supreme yeah, gentleman yeah, yeah. guy yes yes, yeah. yes 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 just a big fucking dork uh, completely who took who out, i believe took also it out on the worst piece of fucking uh theater in the history of of uh, of the arts um, Richard <laughs> McBeef, his his little play that he wrote. Look it up. Oh, it's fucking um, oh, oh no. man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that happened while I was there. The mm. school was reeling from it for ages. I walked to class every day by memorials to these uh, students. Mm. It just it really does affect the way Americans move through the world. It's occurred to me several times that I'm like, yeah, the pandemic, once it's over, like we can go out. And I'm like, do I want to go out? People get shot when they go out. Mm. And so many times, I mean, there have been so many times when I've I've kind of been out in in a city at night, a city center at night and seen things starting to get rowdy in a bar and, you know, things spilling out onto the street. And I thought to myself, thank fuck we don't have guns. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, particularly, I don't know, I don't know, I won't follow that train of thought through, but yeah, plenty of times I've seen things escalating and thinking, Jesus Christ, if somebody had a gun right now, there would be, there would be mayhem. Yeah, I mean, it was, I think it was only a few months ago that like a, a cop, an off-duty cop uh, had his piece in a bar and shot someone, um, you know, because he was drunk and got mad. And, Mm. you know, this is, it absolutely happens. These things escalate and where it would just be some people sort of drunkenly landing some punches instead. Yes. They have a gun. Um, And yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge problem that feels, like I said, at one point, my thought would have simply been just like, all right, blanket ban. But I have realized, A, that's just not going to happen here. That just... It can't. <laughs> There's no way that politically that is absolutely going to be a thing that ever occurs mm. here. Um, and also just thinking about, you know, when you have the state monopoly on violence that and that state is a white supremacist police state, um, it doesn't, it's going to harm some groups more than it harms others to take that away. 
that has really brought things into focus. I mean, it, it again, as I've said a couple of times over the past hour, it feels as though you've got those three pillars there. You've got the Constitution, you've got your Second Amendment, you've got the saturation, and then you've got uh, dwindling in stature, which is terrific to hear, but then you've got a, a ridiculously powerful... Lobby, yeah. And rich lobby trying to maintain a status quo. Yeah. Fuck. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot more complicated than simply Americans love guns, and I think that's often how it, it plays. Even here, yeah, 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 we yeah, tend yeah. to be dismissive of that yeah. and just kind of be like, oh, America, guns. And it's just not really true. It's not that mm. the entirety of this country loves and wants guns it's just that we have these various things that make it so that for most of us who think we need to do as much as possible to reduce the amount and accessibility of them you know there's this force this multifaceted force working against us in achieving any form of that goal Uh, if you were waiting for an answer, you're not going to get it. It's a different <laughs> podcast. That ain't this podcast. That's yeah, another podcast. No, this is not Mom's Demand Gun Action or whatever. Certainly it's not, not. any Certainly of that not. stuff. It's just, you know, to understand this. And I think, like, this is, it's such an interesting thing to talk out with someone who is not from here. Yes. Because, you know, we voice our frustration. In fact, um, my friends and I, we have a tongue-in-cheek uh hangout group that we call gun club because we started hanging out for the first time when we were making our protest signs for the um the gun uh, the parkland kids put together like a march against gun violence okay. and so that's how we sort of got together was I as see. we were making these these I signs see. for this um and you know it it's something that we get together and we rant about and we try to understand and we want to feel some sense of power and control over it. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, as I rant about <laughs> capitalism and our society and all that kind of stuff constantly, um, but it's about the disproportionate power and that we do, our politics are so, and I'm sure yours are as well, uh, but politics are so determined by who has the yes. money and yes. who already has the power. Mm -hmm. And so as with most things, gun violence is just one of many things in this country that everyday people who are not powerful mm. just don't have a lot of influence to change. And I hope that that's shifting as we get more progressive people who are in Congress and as the mm. NRA loses its power and things like that. But, you know, you also have your Marjorie Taylor Greens who get elected and various other people who are like QAnon, gun toting and Lauren Bobert, is that her name? Like all those people who, you know, have made it into the halls of Congress who are, you know, fighting to make sure that the status mm. quo stays. Okay. Well, listen, as always, my thanks for laying that out for me. My, you know, I, 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 <laughs> I said this on the Facebook group earlier on, uh, but not for the first time, uh, I am delighted to be a part of this. It's a cultural thing we've said before. Mm -hmm. It's where, you know, uh, England and the US mingle and hopefully, uh, you know, emerge richer for it. Yes, 100%. Hmm. Good talk, Mark. Good talk. Yes, thanks. High five. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, friends, thanks for um, joining in on the conversation with us. Feel free mm. to give us your thoughts, uh, whatever country you're from, about yeah. this issue. Um, we'd love to hear more. My take is not the only take in America, obviously. If you've been shot, I'd quite like to hear what it was like. That's, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely very interesting <laughs> um, so yeah hit us up if you've been shot and want to talk about it uh and uh also just in general check us out on twitter at jack of all yeah. graves uh the facebook group jack of all graves the instagram jack of all graves pod yeah. and if you have a few seconds hey go drop some stars in us in the uh apple Yes. podcast store yes. uh, to help other people find and discover us and keep recommending us to your friends. Uh, yes. We love, we love, I keep seeing people binge watch, I mean, binge listening uh, to the podcast and that's really exciting every time. <laughs> um, and so, you know, yeah, keep on keeping on. We love that. Tell your mm. friends, talk to us. Let's hang out. And I'm going to say, else? I'm going to say it this week. Stay fucking spooky. I feel like I should just awkwardly kiss the <laughs> microphone <it>. now. <laughs> yeah. hey. All right, see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening again. Bye.